1: A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts, from Travel Channel's Expedition Bigfoot, author-researcher Ronnie LeBlanc, and from History's The Curse of Oak Island Drilling Down, actor-host Maddie Blake.
0: Greetings, Monsters, and welcome to a very special edition of Monsterland. I'm your old pal, Maddie. No Ronnie this week. He couldn't make it. He is fine. He's healthy. Everything's okay. He just had things come up. So this is a unique episode. Um, it's going to be a little different. It's, it's a, Think of it like, remember in the sitcoms in the 80s, ago, A Very Special Family Ties, where Michael J. Fox struggles with mental issues. Do you remember that? When Michael J. Fox like had a breakdown episode? What am I? I I'm alone And I'm already going off on a total side tangent. I really shouldn't be allowed to have any sort of broadcasting opportunity. If there was licensing for hosting a podcast, I should be banned. I should have my license taken away. I literally wrote on my screen, just set up the interview. And look, I'm already talking about an obscure uh, 1980s episode of Michael J. Fox having a breakdown. No, I'm not going to learn a valuable lesson from a homeless person. No, I'm not going to learn about peer pressure in the halls of my high school. It's not that type of very special episode. It's a very special episode because I get to sit down. I had a unique opportunity to sit down virtually via Zoom, forgive the sound, uh, with Robert Clotworthy. And this has been a long time coming. Robert and I both work on The Curse of Oak Island in different ways. Robert, of course, is the narrator, the voice of the show, that iconic voice, the could-it-be guy. Um, he's also the narrator for Ancient Aliens. He's had an incredible career, though, beyond that. Um, he grew up in L.A., and he's been in over 100 feature films and TV programs. He was on the show Hunter, one of my favorites, which I forgot to ask him about, Fred Dreyer, who I got to meet. Oh, here I go on another tangent. Uh, my point is this guy is an incredible talent. We had not yet uh, met. We hadn't even spoken, uh, both admired each other from afar, but, uh, both kind of busy doing what we do. So I knew I needed to put a stop to that. Robert was gracious enough to say yes. So this is basically a one hour interview with Robert Robert and I, and it is wide ranging. Yes, we talk about paranormal issues. We talk about ancient aliens, how it's changed him. But we also get geeky. We get actory. We get into uh, some tech stuff about acting, some behind the scenes, some insider stories about his life on set. Um, And it just, I just love this interview, man. I loved talking to this guy. He is a giant talent and as it turns out we are kindred spirits we are brothers and uh i think you'll hear that i think you'll hear that two people from the cut from the same cloth kind of bonding and i'm so glad it happened i wish it had happened long before this but it, that doesn't matter that's water under the paranormal bridge what matters now is that we got to speak i'm just so glad it got to happen at all um and yes yes oak fans we talk oak island for A while, And his thoughts on Oak Island, fascinating coming from him, given what he does for the show, his approach to it, his thoughts on it. He actually turns the interview on me a little bit and asks me some questions about Oak Island. I think I reveal one or two things that maybe I haven't said publicly before. So if you're an Oak Island fan, you definitely want to listen to the whole thing. And I I end the interview in a way that I never have before. And I'm so glad I did. It just came to me. You'll hear as you listen. He says something. It sparked an idea in my head. And I brought it out at the end of the interview, and I'm so glad I did because, you know, what he comes up with is just, to me, powerful, funny, eloquent, and beautiful. And It was just a great way to end the interview, um, and perfect for him. So we'll be back with a with a regular episode with all the bells and whistles soon, but this one was a, a special one, so we're just going to do it like this. We'll be uh, back with all our monster mails and our games and our contests and all that uh, at another time, but for now, just... Relax and enjoy the soothing, dulcet tones of the one, the only, Robert Clotworthy, who was nice enough to step into Monsterland. Greetings, Robert. Mr. Blake, how are you? Good. I I was saying uh, I feel like this should have
2: happened a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, what the heck happened? you know they did all that digging in oak island they didn't find time for us right i know we were too busy actually doing it to talk about it (laughs)
0: yeah um well it's a thrill to have you on the show my friend i'm I'm a first of all i'm a huge fan of what you do um because i do what you do i know how good you are at it um you're phenomenal
2: well the the feeling is mutual i love uh love what you bring to the whole expedition as well
0: oh thank you robert um I see, the, the, for the people who are watching this and not just listening, yeah. I see your home studio. Beautiful setup. That's where a lot of yeah. the magic happens
2: over the years, I'm sure. Well, this is, this is where it's all happening for Oak Island and Ancient Aliens now that we're all in, in quarantine. So <laughs> I'm, lucky, I'm lucky I have this. So this is perfect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's funny. We, you and I are kind of like, you know, doing what we do. It's kind of like you're a lone wolf a little bit. So it's not tremendously different lifestyle for us. Um, yeah. I'm wondering... Yeah. How, how do you, so day to day, like even before Oak Island and when you mm-hmm. were really pumping out uh, voiceovers, um, mm-hmm. were you the kind of guy who said like, look, this is my job. I'm going to get dressed, go down to the home office and do it like that. Or were you more doing stuff in studios? How was it for you in the, in, before Oak um, Island?
2: <laughs> well, since I've been doing so many shows for Prometheus, which is the production company for Oak Island and uh, uh, Ancient Aliens and all the other sh- stuff that I've done with them, they've kept me super, super busy. And it was all, and I'm a very personable guy. I like to go in and, and interface with the people. So it's been really nice to actually go into the studio, to drive into Hollywood and work with the producers on whatever that, that show is we're working on that day. Plus, at the studio that we work at, they had a chef. And they, they, they serve you lunch. Yes. So it was really, really a, a wonderful experience. So I, I do miss that. But I've had this recording set up for, for quite a while now because I've done... You know, a lot of stuff, not just for Prometheus, but for other things as well. And I do my auditions. I do a lot of session work out of here as well. So, uh, you know, i but I do miss actually being in the room with with the people and looking them in the face.
0: Yeah, if I could geek out for a second, uh, voiceover-wise, is that a Sennheiser, Mike? Oh, yeah, this
2: one's a 416, but I've got the the, the U87 is just out of... uh, I could switch to the U eighty seven if you really want to feel that feel the love. <laughs> we'll turn this into a whole like technical podcast. You setting it up? <laughs> yeah, the U eighty seven is the mic that I use when we're doing uh doing all the narration, doing all the shows.
0: Yeah. Have you ever been stuck in a situation? <laughs> well, I don't know if we're right, but not in the Prometheus show, but in your other career, where you're like on yeah. the road or on vacation, had to whip something together, you know on your phone or something like that. Cause I, I've got uh, friends yeah, that have I, had yeah. things on the air from their phones.
2: Oh yeah. I've, I've got a, I've got a setup. I take with me a laptop with, uh, uh you know, sometimes I take the four sixteen and have a little, little interface that nice. I bring with me so that I can, uh, com- communicate. I remember one time several years ago, I was in North Carolina of all places and I got an audition actually it was a callback for something that I had auditioned for the week before. And it's, I'm sure you know, in voiceover, it's very rare that they actually have callbacks. On camera, yes, but for voiceover, not so much. Right. And they needed me to do it. And I was in the middle of freaking no, nowhere. There were no real studios. And I realized that everybody else that was getting called back was actually going into the casting office and recording it in a great studio on a wonderful microphone. It's all quiet and silent. And you've got an engineer working it. And I thought, well, I, I, I got to do something. So basically, I'm sure you've done this. You're in the hotel room, and uh, you set it up on the bed, and you have the blankets around you. And uh, not only did I get the gig, but they ended up using that recording on the air. So I
0: love it. I love yeah. it. I've, done, I've done stuff in cars. You know, oh, I yeah. yeah. The, cars are great.
2: Cars are good. If um, you've got a quiet car, because what's nice about cars is there are no real, you know, everything is, is not parallel because you don't want those that's that echo to be bouncing right back to the mic.
0: I I identify so much with that Robert about like being with people cuz it, it isn't a job really where you're part of a team unless you're on a set or something like that. Um yeah. I remember it, my New York City years I was in New York City for like 15 years pounding the pavement doing the thing right. and uh Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There was this place called Star Tracks in New York City. <laughs> Your um that I had a regular gig on Thursdays for years uh-huh. with Stars, Stars yeah. Network. And so it was yeah. like every Thursday for, I don't know, it was like seven or eight years I was at yeah. Star Trek And it was the closest yeah. I had to co-workers. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay, okay. <laughs> and ordering the lunch and stuff, I can so identify with that.
2: Well, with, with Prometheus, since I've been doing Aliens, I think for, goodness, I, I think this is our 15th season, but it's... Ooh our numbers are different. It's not a calendar year. So I think it's maybe been 11 total years. And prior to that, I was doing stuff for Prometheus as well. So I have probably worked for them pretty consistently for the last 15 years or so. Mm. And it's been just about every single week. So it's gotten to the point of where we are. We're friends. Yes. It's, it's, you know, it's funny. We, uh, they book the session for two hours. Everybody asks, how long does it take you to do a show? I say well <laughs> they book us for two hours the first 20 30 minutes we're just kind of like bah, 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 yes. just talking 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 and then we knock the thing out and generally from when I when I walk let's say it's 10 o'clock we're through by 11:15 it never takes two hours to do a whole show and that includes all us just talking and, and having fun
0: that's so awesome they, they are they, they, they are such great people
2: yeah, it's, Kevin, it's like a Kevin is a, uh, is, is a trip. He, oh. he's, he's amazing. Absolutely amazing.
0: He's one of those guys, you know, I, I like, I admire people who have um, a vision, you know, even if, even if the vision doesn't align yeah. with what I'm into or whatever, yeah. if they just have a vision. He always has a vision. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean?
2: Oh yeah. I, I oh admire yeah.
0: That.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's such a, an interesting guy. First of all, he and I are, are almost exactly the same age we were born mm-hmm. the same year so we have basically the same experience as far as television viewing when we were kids yes so when he talks about uh you know time tunnel or Irwin Allen shows I was his age watching those shows at the same time mm-hmm. and he has got i first of all the guy the guy he, you know you know he won a student academy award at Are Boston, you aware of this?
0: BU? Is that at B U?
2: Yeah, it was at Boston. It was and it was a documentary about uh, about um uh, uh oh goodness, uh, Barbara Streisand.
0: Yes. About her yes. growing
2: up in, I guess, in Flatbush. And he actually won an Oscar. It was a junior Oscar, a student Oscar, but given to him by the Academy. He taught filmmaking at the college level. Mm-hmm. And he also with so with all that, all that brilliance, mm-hmm. all that in all that intelligence, he also has Herman Munster's uh electric chair yeah. <laughs> that he owns yes, yes. <laughs> you know yeah. he, so he's got this wonderful child childish aspect to him that that's wonderful he's got yes. he, he's never let that go and, and i think that's part of the reason why the shows that he produces are so interesting yeah because he comes at it as a uh, as a viewer as as a fan as what he wants to see and and he understands what the public wants and don look at look at oak island three and a half million people every week are you serious yeah, wow. I, I remember hearing one time someone say like, uh, you
0: know, really intelligent people talk about ideas as opposed to events, you know, yeah. and, and he always strikes me as that type of guy like, he, you know, there's, there's very few times you talk about the weather with Kevin Burns, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> no, you, no. You, you, I had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, it was like grand <laughs> concepts about religion yeah, and yeah. The theology. Yeah, oh, yeah, but, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I yeah. just
0: love that. And, and like I oh, he yeah. said, he's a savant about television and film.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and his, his office could be a, uh, you're right, his office could be a museum with all the things he has, the knickknacks. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: He has a beautiful story, actually, about Fred Gwynn when he, I don't know if he's told you the story. He, Fred Gwynn actually remembered Kevin from Kevin being a child. Really? Yes, Kevin started sending him drawings uh-huh. and writing him fan letters. Yeah. And, and years later, he had the occasion to be with a friend who was interviewing uh-huh. Fred, and and he just said, "Oh, hi! I'm just tagging along." And they got talking, and he said, "Actually, Mr. Gwyn, I used to write you fan letters and draw you pictures." And he goes, and he does the imitation of them. so well. Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> yeah. "I remember you." <laughs> uh, and this was years later. Actually, yeah. the story made me emotional to hear it. It's yeah. a beautiful story. Yeah. It's a great Hollywood yeah.
2: story. Yeah, he's he's a a, a wonderful storyteller. I, I adore him. I adore him. He calls me his his good luck charm. Oh. <laughs> See, he's like, whatever we do, yeah. we, uh, it ends up being pretty successful. So that is very so true. Well, let, let's dive into mutual. that
0: a little bit. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's um, talk about that. You, all right, let's start with You the don't want to talk aliens. more about
2: microphones and preamps. <laughs> we're, we're letting that go. Okay. If you could just do a 20 minute tutorial on how you set that <laughs> name up, that would be fantastic. Um,
0: <laughs> um ancient aliens, I like to start the ancient yeah. aliens, um, yeah. You, I would imagine you basically have your master's degree now, <laughs> you know, because one episode of that show is like a degree in this stuff. There's so much information coming. Yeah, You've been doing this yeah, for yeah. 15 years. Yeah. Um, what, ask, I want Answer me this. Where did you stand in terms of belief pre-doing Ancient Aliens as opposed to where you stand now? Has it been affected? Has it changed your mind?
2: Um, you know, it's interesting because I approach it as, as an actor would approach it. And one of the things that I like to do is, is uh, I, as an actor, you need to understand what your part in the story is. What, what do you, you you want to, you need to serve the story. The script is the most important thing. So my personal opinion doesn't really matter that much, Hmm. but because I know that I'm going to be Kevin's voice. So I was interested in finding out what his opinion on this. And he, he basically said he was, he was agnostic was open to the information so that gave me that gave me a little bit of a clue because I also am a very curious person I don't pretend to know all the answers if you think you know everything then you can't really take in any new information because you already know it all and so I had I had two choices as an an actor I could either be somebody that's totally on board with it I I drank the kool-aid I'm all in but then I'd be would almost be preaching the gospel so to speak or I could be somebody that's just kind of pissing on it, thinks it's 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 all nonsense, and then then I'm uh, I'm really not serving, uh, you know, Kevin and and the uh, the script very well. So I allowed my own internal curiosity about it to be the to be the motivator. Yeah. So I I kind of resisted uh, going all in because I didn't want to cross that bridge. I want the audience to go along with me on the journey. And as as Kevin is, uh, has explained, he says he sees this show as an ongoing conversation. Huh. Uh, even though each episode may be standalone, opinions have changed yeah. uh, amongst the, the theorists from day one to day now, because as new information comes to them, they may alter their opinion a little better. They may have a, a, a different take on it. So I tend to kind of go with that as personally, my opinion is there's too many coincidences for it to be for you, to, for you totally to reject it out of hand. Mm. And uh, I've become very good friends with, with Giorgio and uh, a lot of the other theorists that are on the show. And it's interesting to be a fly on the wall. I almost find it more interesting to overhear their conversations than to see what it is they're putting on the show. Yeah, I find that fascinating. And I'll tell you one story that actually put me, I guess, more on this side of believing than not. And, and the only reason I'm saying I'm, uh, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit is because I want to be true to my job. Sure. When I, uh, when I go in and get a script, I don't get it in advance. I don't look at it a day ahead of time. I don't try to figure it out. I don't try to break down the beats. I don't do any of that kind of stuff. I'm really good about getting words off of the page. Yeah. So what I, what I want to do is I want to allow my own emotion to come through. So if, if, you know, let's say theoretically in a show, uh, it says we now have proof that aliens uh, have visited us. And here it is, here's, here's Mr. Alien, an interview with him. I'm going to be amazed by that. I'm going to be intrigued. I'm going to be interested in what he has to say. So when I say we have proof and here is Mr. Alien, I'm, I want to go there too. So, uh, there was a, a a casting director that get I'm sure you you've heard this that gives people uh, signature notes. In other words, how do you describe yourself? How would how would you know? Tell me what Matty Blake's all about. Okay, he's he's uh, he's got high energy. He's uh, he's he's articulate. He's he's intelligent. These are all things that if you were if somebody was to describe you, they'd go, Oh, I got a sense of who Matty is. And this one casting director said that my signature note was approachable intelligence wow. which means that even though i i could be dumb as a as a box of doorknobs <laughs> but i sound like i know what i'm talking about mm. right mm. and not only that but it's not off-putting you know if you go to a college and you got a professor that's spitting out information maybe it's 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 almost an assault for me i have a, i have a uh, an ability to draw people in yes to go with, to go with me. And in fact, Kevin sometimes writes, uh, he tells me, he goes, you know, I write some of these things and I think this is all nonsense, but then I hear you say it and I go,
1: maybe, yeah, maybe. Yes. yes so
2: yeah. I know that a, it's a, it's a long kind of a convoluted answer to a simple question, but it's, it's kind of like, can I check all the boxes with that? Yeah, yeah you can, because I, I hear yeah. what you're saying, because if you, if you, if you, because the show
0: itself, like what you're reading, mm-hmm. the script, um, isn't necessarily saying this is fact. So, mm-hmm. so, so if you're overly earnest, like I believe that's not yeah. what the show saying a lot of times, the show yeah. just presenting yeah. evidence. Right. So you yeah. have to be true to that as you say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's a show. It like Kevin said, an ongoing conversation.
0: Mm. It's like
2: every week we get to discuss ancient aliens. What, what happened this week? Yeah. What do you think about this? Right. This here's, here's some evidence that we have from the past. Here are some theories. What do you think? Right. And, um, I, th- I think it's an, a brilliant way to approach it. When, when Kevin has been asked, well, why don't you have skeptics on the show? He'll tell a story about if, I was doing, if he was doing a show about the nativity, would you have, would you have an atheist on the show? Right. What right. sense would that make? What, Nobody's right. interested right. in that. All the yeah. person is going to do is try to put, as my acting coach would say, sand in front of your skates. You're just gonna be, <laughs> they're going to try to trip you up a little bit.
0: Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's
2: not getting you anywhere.
0: That's so great. Now, speaking of, of that, of the fact that we have new information now yeah. um, and it, you mentioned earlier, like the change in, in people's beliefs or, or oh yeah, the general acceptance of it. Like when you've done a recent episode on something like the tic-tac UFO video yeah. where, you know, the government now has come the Pentagon has come out in the last week and have to and say, this is all real. I mean, that, yeah. that must move the needle a little bit for
2: you too. Oh yeah. I mean, it, if there was a time when, I'm sure you've heard Kevin tell the stories about how this, the network first did one episode, then they wanted three episodes, then they wanted another three or four. And he jokingly said, I don't know what you want me to do. I've run out of pyramids.
0: Wow. Because you know, every, every show was that up, that.
2: seemed to be about the pyramids. And he realized, I'm running out of material.
0: That amazing.
2: Now, every time you pick up the paper, you know, yes. I, nobody ever picks up the paper anymore. <laughs> but every time you, you go on the <laughs> internet or hear about it, you realize that there's more and more information coming out. Yes. And I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you one story that really flipped me was I was doing a convention a few years ago and I, I met a lady and it was a, nobody was there. It was a sparsely attended uh, convention in Texas. And this one lady came up to me and she wanted a photograph and an right. autograph. And we talked a little bit. And as she was walking away, she, she told me that she was uh, a research scientist with, um, with NASA. Hmm. And she worked on you know the space shuttle. She worked on, on the Apollo missions. And I asked her, I said, did anything ever happen at NASA that you haven't talked about that you would like to talk about, but you never have? And she said, well, the statue of limitations has run out. So, yeah. And she told me a story about, I think it was Apollo 17. I guess it was the last, next to last Apollo mission where they had like the little uh, moon buggy that was on. Oh, the, yeah, uh, the driving morning. around. And it yeah. was Gene Cernan and uh, Ron Evans was the command module pilot. And Ron Evans, who was a former Navy fighter pilot, flew in Vietnam, not a guy you would consider a pussy, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, this guy yeah. was, is pretty tough. He's not easily rattled. Right. He was, his job is to stay in the command module as it just flies around the moon while these guys, while Gene Cernan is, is on the moon collecting samples, doing what they're doing. Well, as he comes around from the dark side of the moon, and this woman is, a, a, she's, her job was in mission control was to monitor the vital signs of the astronauts so so if you see the movie apollo 13 you see all those people that are sitting there she's one of those people that's sitting there and as he comes back into contact from the dark side of the moon uh gene cernan says hey hey ron how are things going up there you getting lonely and ron evans says i'm not alone Mm. well Mission Control says, uh, "Switch to Channel Twenty Two, which is, I guess, their more secure channel because everything at up to that point was just wide open for everybody to hear." So they switch over to Channel Twenty Two. She switches over as well because that's her job. Yeah. And they asked, "They said, Ron, uh, what are you talking about? Are you joking?" He says, "No, I'm not joking." What's going on? He says, "Something's following me." Oh. It's not Russian. It's not American. They say, "Can you describe it?" And she said that. Ron Evans, before he would do a, a, a go on a flight mission or, 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 you know, in a you know up into space, he would his good luck thing. He would always eat Oscar Mayer wieners,
0: crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: he said, yeah, "It looks like an Oscar Mayer wiener."
0: My God!
2: And she was telling me that of the two shapes of most common shapes of UFOs, it's either a triangle shape or a cigar-shaped object. Mm-hmm. They ask him how big it is now. From stem to stern, the command module is about 17 feet. He estimates that this is over 40 feet. It has acrylic markings on the sides of it, you know, some kind of writing. It follows him around the moon in formation for five and a half orbits and then flies away.
0: Oh, my God.
2: She was also part of the recovery crew. So when the Apollo uh, uh, mission ended and they landed in the ocean, she was on the ship and she talked to him one to one said ron are you okay and he goes not really and she said is it about the anomaly and he says you know about that she says yeah i was i'm in the loop Listened, yeah yeah so so when when somebody cool. who has pers- a personal experience you know a first person experience who am i to to deny that i mean this woman's a, a freaking scientist yeah. i asked her questions. Well. What is NASA's belief? Well, we, we think there's something out there.
0: Right.
2: Why didn't somebody talk about it? Said, well, our job at NASA is not to, to uh, come up with a theory. We right. just gather the information, give it to the brain trust. They figure it out. Right. But they did have a meeting after that conversation with Ron Evans when he was uh, in space. And they said, don't talk about this with anybody. Let's, just, let's not have this leave this room. Let's be quiet about it. Let's try to figure out later on what's, what's going on. So something happened. I don't know, I know Giorgio is convinced. He says, you know, with the uh, you know, uh, with Neil Armstrong, you would think hmm. that people that have gone to the moon, wouldn't you think that would be like winning the Super Bowl? Yeah. It would be like the yeah. greatest thing that your entire life would be just, my God, I can't believe I did this. He said Neil Armstrong, he was he he never talked about it. Yeah. Something happened up there. Yeah. And that's not uncommon. A lot of these these people mm. That have gone into space have some kind of an experience that happens up there. That if it doesn't traumatizes them, traumatize them, it certainly changes them in a certain way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. change your whole world belief and uh, you yeah. Know. So that's a great well, no. one. That's stunning. Well, I mean, there's all kinds of you know the NASA feeds that have been shut yeah. off, and uh, there there are clips of like Buzz Aldrin talking about the structure on the uh, the moon, oh, yeah. Mars, and then trying to kind of backpedal and say, Oh God, put it there. You know, like yeah. it's just, there's, there's a lot of where there's smoke, there's fire. I think well, she, she told
2: me, she says, she goes, she goes, she has heard the ringing of the moon. You know, when the, uh, when the, the lem is released and it crashes into the moon, she's actually with her own ear, ears heard the moon ring as if God. it's hollow.
0: My God.
2: That's <laughs> she said, she goes, do you ever see the, uh, the radar dishes on the moon? I said, what? She goes, look it up. Look at
0: you! I mean, can you could you ever imagine? Because you're an actor by trade. I mean, yeah, you had a very successful yeah, on camera commercial uh, yeah. on camera career as well. Um, here you are now going to you know UFO conventions, speaking <laughs> about these things. Could you ever have imagined this for yourself? I mean, how how much has your life changed since Ancient Aliens came into your life?
2: It, it's uh, well, it's it's in a profound way. First of all, as an actor, to have a job that lasts ten plus years. It's, it's very rare. I've had a couple yes. of those. I, I, have a, uh, I did a video game that was incredibly popular called Starcraft, where I did the lead character for, you know, I guess it was 15, 20 years that, that I did that. But this one with aliens, first of all, aliens has become part of the, uh, you know, it's part of the fabric of, of American society now. Absolutely. It's like, it's like, it's weird. Everybody knows it.
0: Yeah, Giorgio's <laughs> you know, a meme. He's like his own meme. And yeah, I, did
2: it. yeah, I I call him. I say he's he's the uh, the meme. I'm the voice of the show. Absolutely. But uh, it, so it's it's to have a job that's lasted that long. Obviously, it's going to uh, to affect you uh, in a lot in a lot of ways. It's made it, yeah. you know, I can I can buy things. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, can, you know, I, can, I can live. Um, but also, it's it's the. Uh, uh, being part i'm sure you know this because you're part of oak island it never it's never bad to be part of a hit <laughs> right <laughs> you know it it feels good and i think that the uh, ancient aliens beyond it feeling good even though there are people out there that dismiss it that criticize it that's that's to be expected right. people really enjoy it and i've gone to these conventions and i'm a i'm pretty personable anyway i'm i'm a bit of a ham so where a lot of the theorists are a little bit more, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that they're not as outgoing as me with people. They're, they're more into the, uh, uh, you know, the, you know, doing the research on mm-hmm. things as opposed to, you know, shaking hands with people. Right. And uh, so I looked at it as an opportunity, a to promote the show. You know, I felt it's my job. It's my, it's our show I need, I need to put a good face. And I want people that come to these conventions to have a positive experience, yeah. to have a really good experience. And that's fairly easy for me to go up to people and just talk to them. You, you know, you can tell if somebody may be a little bit intimidated, but you get into a conversation and you realize we're just people here. We're all just, I just happen to be the guy that, that does the talking. You're the person that does the viewing. We're, we're equally important here. And to be honest with you, I have met so many people that had been touched in such a positive way by the show in ways that I never could have imagined where uh, there was this woman that came up to me and uh, she was in a a wheelchair and she had a couple of of kids and she was maybe in her early 40s. So my guess was that she wasn't always in the chair. Something happened to her, either an accident or a disease or something put her into the chair. And she was saying, she goes, she goes, my life. And, she, and I've never heard anybody use this word. She goes, my life is very confined. I'm very restricted in what I can do. It's, it's very confining. But watching the show, going to those places, makes me, you know, allows me to go there in a way that I never thought I would be able to. I had another woman that came up to me. She hands me this, this photograph Uh, in a little plastic baggie of her son and her son looked like he was in his early 20s and he was a quadriplegic. And she says, my son loves the show. He never misses the show. And I said, wow. And and she she turns around, she goes, see this? And I look at it and it's it's a signature of his name. She says, my son is a quadriplegic. He really can't write his name. I've only seen him write his name a handful of times in my life and it's usually if if there's a medical procedure or he has to do something she said he worked for days practicing his signature so he could write it on the back of this picture that he wanted me to get wanted his mother to give to the producers so they could they could have that and I thought you know this th- th- this makes you know it, it, it's, it's much more important than, than anything. When you realize that, that you're able to touch people in a, in a way like that, even though it's a, you know, a lot of people consider it just a silly show, but there's a, uh, there's a purpose to that. There's, there's a meaning for that. I mean, we're, we're doing something here and allowing people just to think, just to talk, to have the conversation, to, to learn about, about history. I know with Kevin, he says, if we say in 1622, something happened, it happened in 1622. Yeah. So if there's if there's any type of information that's that, that that's put out in these shows where it's very specific, we make sure that it, that's accurate. Now the theories those are the theories. But it allows people to think. And he also says that in a secular society, more and more people people you know where you're told that all this is just basically a cosmic throw of the die. Right. You know, it, we, it was rocks one minute the next next moment it's it's life as humans we that doesn't ring true to us you know as victor frankel said you know it's 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 you know the, i guess the second strongest urge be, besides uh just needing to eat is that search for meaning mm. and so it people watch the show because they're looking because they know there's something more what that answer is we don't know but we'll tell you what our history has told us, we'll tell you what other civilizations have thought. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, maybe it's a mix, maybe aliens were part of it. We don't know, what do you think? And that's one of the wonderful parts of the show is that we respect the audience. We ask them, what do you think? You may disagree, that's okay. Maybe a few weeks from now, you, you, we might disagree as well. We don't know, new information is constantly coming. So to answer the question, how has it changed my life? It's it's changed my life in so many so many wonderful ways, and it's uh, you know History Channel loves it, people love it. Um, I, I hope we're, we're going to be able to get back and do more episodes soon, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I don't think anybody's going to want to really stop it. And Kevin's too creative to just let it right disappear.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, you bring people in that. It's not hyperbole to say in, in that case, especially with ancient aliens, specifically uh, someone who might be stuck at home or, or mm-hmm. someone who doesn't get to travel, whatever. You're not just bringing them this world with the different locations. You're truly bringing them the universe. When you think about it, I yeah. mean, the cosmos, you're bringing it right into the living room. It's really, and, and you're so good at it. Like I tell my wife all the time, I go, you know, when I, when I watch your shows, um, somebody you wanna, married you, Oh. Hold on, let me make sure she's still here.
2: Honey, you still there? Okay, I'm good. Usually, do I, I congratulate you and I send my condolences to her.
0: You ain't kidding! Oh my god!
2: Oh. I, don't, I don't know. If, you know, I, I, just, I, I think just guys are just so ugly anyway. I mean, I don't, yeah. we're just so lucky that, that, oh. that there's not a third sex. Otherwise, women would have nothing to do with us.
0: Someone tweeted the other day. Uh, on, I've been looking at all these old pictures of couples. On Mother's Day, because I was posting uh-huh. like marriage pictures yeah. with Mother, she goes, and I've realized that our moms were way too hot for our dads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I met the truth. Uh, um, yeah, but I say to her, I say, you know, I said, Robert is such a master storyteller. Like you, you inherently, you innately knew, even though, like you said, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, that no one knew ancient aliens was going to be. A yeah. 15 year run it was like yeah. hey we're running out of pyramids you said but seems like you innately knew like this is a marathon not a sprint in how mm-hmm. you present material And i, I especially know yeah. oak island you know i have the luxury because i'm coming up you know 10 specials a year or whatever yeah. it is i can get a little more excited i can be earnest and fall yeah. For, yeah. and and because yeah. i do i tend to be like that i, I'm, I fall for things quick and i get excited because i believe yeah. Yeah. Um, but you have a beautiful way of just kind of walking us down the path and going, here you go.
2: I, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, with, with aliens, a lot of people have said that my voice is very soothing. I have a lot of women that have said they fall asleep. They turn the show, they marathon, it, they fall asleep or, or they'll say, you know, your voice calmed me down. I was like going nuts. I had, I had a rough day. Yeah. So it is calming, it's calming. It's, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. It's yeah. all good.
0: Yeah. Um, did you, as an on-camera actor back in yeah. the day, uh, and I know you still do that, but I mean, yeah. you, you were doing a lot on camera in the day because now you're just yeah. probably too busy to do it with all these voiceover well, jobs. Yeah,
2: now you know there is no on-camera career. Well, yeah, nobody that can go too. out there on audition. It's crazy. Yeah, that yeah. too.
0: Um, but were you aware of your voice as instrument as as an on-camera actor, or did you, were you more sort oh, yeah. of perform? Oh, yeah, as you yeah, were? Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I know that uh, uh quite often uh I get the gig. Part of it is because of the voice. I you I know it's a, it's a very strong tool. Like for example, in uh, the movie American Sniper,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we I, which I had a really wonderful scene with Bradley Cooper, and the writer had come up to me just before we were going to shoot the scene and said, Bradley wants to uh, expand on the scene, and you know first thought was oh my god you know they're going to give me a new script I got to yeah. memorize new lines yeah. and uh, I haven't even met Clint yet. And, uh, right. and he said no no we want he just wants to improvise it because there are some, some plot points, some things we want to bring out that we can't really uh, dramatize. But if you if they're in the conversation, well, it'll make sense. For example, like a, a tour of duty. How many days was he actually there? How do you? You can't really show that. You can't say oh, it's two hundred and some odd days. So it's like, okay, it's, it was seven tours, so two hundred fourteen days. Whatever that 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 mathematically works out to. Right. And when I when I did the scene. Uh, and and it was wonderful. I mean, you know, we basically just improvised the whole thing and we never stepped on each other's lines and it was perfect. But I mentioned to the writer after the scene was shot, I said, you know what? I said, that scene would make a great trailer. Mm. And in, in part of my mind, I was thinking, I want to be real specific about the way that I'm saying things because I want to use my voice and, and the, I don't want to say the power that it has, but the influence that it has. And damned if they didn't use my voice right. in the trailer. You you go and look at the American Sniper trailer. The first thing you're going to hear is my freaking voice Incredible. on there. Incredible. And, yeah.
0: And that speaks to your understanding that, like, I, you know, that's one of the things, that one of the big misnomers about voice of work is, like, I have, I've got a lot of friends with great booming depth to their voice. Yeah. And they want to know how they get in on voiceover. I'm like, well, you yeah, yeah. get into voiceover the same way you become a surgeon or something. Like you learn the craft, you do it, you know, you yeah. and, and you innately understand that it's an acting performance.
2: Yeah. You have to act. If you, if you yeah. can't act, you're going to be, you're just a voice. You're just a, right. you know, a, a, a robot. You might as well, right. cause there's nothing behind it. People, the, the voice is, is actually when people see you, there's a, there's oftentimes a, a disconnect because when they hear your voice, they imagine what you, what you look like. Yes. Your voice is now in between their ears. Yes. And all of a sudden you add a voice, a face to it. And, and we've all done that. We've heard somebody on the radio, all of a sudden you see them on TV and you go, Oh, whatever, or yeah. you, or whatever. And uh, so I, I, you need to understand as a performer that the medium is different. Uh, if you're on a stage, you've got to be able to be heard in the back row. you got to, everything's got to be a little bit bigger. If you're on uh, television, it, it needs to be smaller. If you're on movies, it's even smaller because the screen is huge. Right. With voiceover, it has to be even subtler yes. because every little nuance is going to be picked up. It, when I'm, when I'm uh, people ask me to do the, you know, say ancient astronaut theorists say yes. They all want me to say that. Or they'll speak with me and they'll say, you know, you don't sound like the guy. And I'll say, I'll tell you why. It's because when I'm doing it, I'm right here
1: mm. and i'm
2: imagining that your ear is right there so i'm saying ancient astronaut theorists say yes so i'm telling right to you specifically yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know and yeah. then they go oh yeah, yeah. yeah. now now we get right. it you know you and
0: i have something else in common besides our oak island work uh we we're both directed by clint eastwood really yeah I had oh a, my goodness what are you doing with clint a bit part a sm- it was my first major, you know, film role. It was a bit, yeah. part, I had two lines that they yeah. cut down to one. Um, but it was on uh, Mystic River. The- oh, really? Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I played a cop in that. So, yeah. Isn't he a cool he's, guy?
2: He's, he's really fascinating. First of all, I'm, a lot of people don't know this, but when you audition for him, you don't meet him. It's all on videotape. Correct. Yeah, yeah and, he was, yes. And, and the reason was because as an actor, he hated auditioning. Yes. He hated going in. He hated the pressure. He said just put him on tape. I you know, he I'm sure he feels uncomfortable having actors come in. Yes. And he knows that they're desperate for a job and he just he just can't get that the out of his head. That
0: sucks. Yeah. So when you
2: show up on the set, you have not met him yet. Yeah. And he doesn't say, I don't know if he did this for you, but he doesn't say action or cut.
0: Correct.
2: <laughs> he just says go. Yes. K- Stop.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> And what's amazing, so my scene had a bunch of moving parts. It was the, it yeah. was the scene where, uh, for those of you who've seen the movie, where Sean Penn discovers his dead Dottie, but yeah. dead daughter. So there's, I don't know, 150 extras yeah. all in cop uniforms. I was the only yeah. state trooper that had a line, so I'm laved.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'm, I'm with Larry Frischburn, Kevin Bacon, <laughs> you know, Sean Penn who's throwing a hissy fit. It was a huge yeah. scene. Yeah. And so all Clint's guys, you know, because they have like little yeah. earpieces. Yeah. And he just goes like a you know, I think we could uh, use a light up there. And they go, oh, can we get a light up in the thing? There was, there was no yelling. <laughs> you know, normal sets, they're going, hey, we need a little... <laughs> no, he's, that.
2: he's so chill. <laughs> yes. He's it so chill. chill. I'll, I'll never forget. I was in the room shooting the scene. it was Clint Eastwood, Bradley Cooper, the camera operator, and me. My that God. was it.
0: My God. And I'm looking, at,
2: and it's a small room because we were in this little office. Yeah. And I was looking around thinking, how did <laughs> I... End up here. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> How yes, did this happen? Yes, yes, <laughs> but yes. It, it was. Oh my God, it was so thrilling. It and you know it's interesting. and I'm sure you felt this uh, when you're working with people that are at the top of their game. Mm. It was, it's easy. Uh, I it, you know even though yes. there was all kinds of pressure. Yes, you'd think doing it. It was the easiest thing I've ever done.
0: Robert, you hit the nail on the head. I, t- I tell students at all the time like. I'm sure there's exceptions to every rule, but the higher up I've gone, the more the bigger the, like the better it was, the easier it was, the more professional it was, and like the smaller things suck.
2: (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's so well said. That's exactly my experience too. And he he was a just an awesome guy. And I got one quick story about that scene (laughs) too. Larry Fishburne is probably the greatest thing ever happened in my acting career. So Sean Penn's doing his thing, like is that my daughter in there? And everything's all, <laughs> and Clint's like, okay, let's go again. It's all quiet, and I, and La- Lawrence Fishburne kind of looks down at me. and He goes, "This movie's gonna f- people up."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> it's true. It's, it's you know it's when you're at that level, mm. they can aff- they they're so relaxed. I mean. yeah relaxation is the friend of creativity. If you're tense, you're not going to be able to be creative. Yeah. So you you've got to be able, Lawrence Fishburne has got to be able to just kind of make a joke in that moment.
0: Yeah. And, and just also, kind of he like knew, well, he knew how good it was
2: too. Like yeah, he knew yeah. like, it was just yeah.
0: shot at the top of his game, Kevin. Yeah, he's a fan. He's watching it <laughs>
2: going, this is good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Damn. yeah. Damn, this another, is good acting there. <laughs> give me another moment like that for you, Robert, in your career where you're just like, how did I get here? Oh my God.
2: Oh, geez. Um, you know, I started doing this on camera when I was in high school. I was, you know, 15 years old. So I've worked with so many amazing people. Mm. I I remember doing a commercial, a silly commercial back in the early 1970s with Peter Sellers. Oh, wow. I worked with Peter Sellers. I've worked with, with Charlton Heston. I've, you know, you name it. I've, I've, I've been there with them. I, I, A wonderful, wonderful experience. I was in a a movie called um, uh, For the Boys. Starred Bette Midler, James Caan. Uh, It was directed by um, Mark Rydell. And we spent two weeks, if you can imagine two weeks shooting one scene. Shooting one scene. And Mark Rydell at that time was... The uh, I guess the artistic director of the the Actors Studio. Oh
0: right. And
2: he would tell stories, and 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 we and we became friends. He used he used me on on several movies, and I uh, became I was very good friends with his son, uh, Chris. And he would tell us stories about working with James Dean. You know, James Dean was his roommate, (laughs) and I I, I remember him uh, doing doing a scene this one scene where Bette Midler had a very emotional. Uh, um, thing that she had to do. She had to she had really pull out the, this emotion this. And she was, she was having problems with it. She, and she was second guessing herself and it, getting a little bit insecure. Yeah. And watching how Mark dealt with her and how he directed her, and how kind he was, how he was able to understand where she was at emotionally and able to help her use that and put it into her performance was was amazing. I I, I worked with with uh, Alan Arkin on a movie. I'll tell you yeah. a funny story about him. All right. We were we were working on this movie called Rendition. Meryl Streep was yeah, in it. I mean, yeah, it was, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Okay. And they they hired hired three actors because they wanted people that could. I mean, we didn't even have dialogue, but they <clears> wanted <throat> us to work with each one of the stars. <throat> so in case we needed something that, you know, you'd have somebody to have some improvisational skill. You know, you're not going to put somebody that's, you know, just out of, uh, or never gone to an acting class and, Oh, here, here's a scene with Meryl Streep. <laughs> right. You know, you're, you've got to react to what she has to say.
0: Right. And I'm people are going to panic. Yeah.
2: So I was with, with Alan Arkin, and this was, cool. but we were, we were just talking and we started talking about, uh, people, why they're depressed. I mean, this is, this is, this, God, this is so weird that we're talking about this now. Because the sample that I, I, I utilized in this, in this conversation was I said, I think people have too many choices and they're paralyzed of making the wrong choice. And I said, for example, you go into a, 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 a grocery store, there are how many different types of toilet paper? Do you get the quilted one? do you get the four ply do you get the one that's mm. ultra soft or ultra strong it's it's like you're paralyzed you don't know how to you, you don't want to make the wrong decision and it's just toilet paper and he, he said to me he goes always get the two ply <laughs> i said i said can i can i quote you he says yes
0: that's great um well, what a career. Let, let's let's dive into Oak a little bit because yeah, fans, please, fans please. will kill me if I don't bring it up with you. Oh, we got to talk about it. Um, So, yeah, that's another kind of like the ancient aliens thing. I was wondering from your perspective in being the voice of this show over the years, mm-hmm. uh, where do you kind of stand now after this most recent season, season seven, like in terms of the moving forward, like where do you think the team's at? Um, What are your thoughts, how things have changed?
2: Well the biggest question that people are always ask is are they get, first of all they get frustrated they're not finding anything well, and that kind know. of ticks me off a little bit because as Kevin says this is a show about searching for treasure you know if you finding treasure is one episode you know yeah. okay it's there hey we found it we're, we're moving on so this and I try to explain that these guys are completely legitimate with this this has been a childhood dream of theirs since they were well since they were kids yes and they're able to be able to afford to do this they 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 were doing this before the show got involved i mean kevin discovered them and, and turned it into a show but they were already up there digging they were already searching for it so i i find it fast first of all i think the relationship between the two brothers is mesmerizing yeah. i mean you can see the love between them but at the same time they butt heads sure you know, it's, it's, a, it's a real relationship, right? In fact, uh, the producers, I know, got a, uh, a, uh, an email from a father who watches this with his family. First of all, I want to say, what's one, one of the things that's wonderful about the show is that it is everybody can watch it. Your family can watch it. There's, you have no fear that anything is going to happen. Nobody's going to say anything that's going to offend anyone. It's just guys trying to figure out where the treasure is. And they're bright. They're not, you know, a couple of numbskulls. Mm -mm. They've got a plan. They've, They've been successful in their lives. They're organized. And so this father says, you know, I watch it with my family. And the kids bring up some of the topics that these are some things that they've been studying in school. We're able to talk about it. They're able to see how people who have maybe different opinions on how to do something are able to come to some type of an agreement. And, and work things out and have a plan and have a budget. I mean, all these really positive things and plus they're, they still like each other. You know, the, the, the bond is still there. So he says, he goes, in my opinion, I hope you never find anything because I never want the show to end because yeah. I love spending this time with my kids yeah. watching this. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so I, I, I love that, that part of the show that it's, that it's wholesome in that regard. And it's, yeah. and it's, um, it's fascinating because you imagine if you had the money, how would you do it? How would you do it? Right. it it's, it's, you get these giant, you know, 30 ton things, you get Billy Gerhardt out there to start digging stuff up, you, you bring in dynamite, you blow some stuff up, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta respect the, you know, the permits that you have. So uh, I, th- I personally think that there's, again, there's too many coincidences there. Yeah. There's people have been searching for stuff for too long for there to be nothing. Uh, I think that, um, that, uh, Gary Drayton is, he, he's, he's the good luck charm because whenever he turns something on, he finds something. And you look at the clues, you look at the pieces of information, like, like that whole thing that was underwater yeah. that, uh, Why is that there? Why is there a structure? Why is there concrete? That's underwater. How how did that happen? When was that built? Who built it? Why? It's so, uh, to me, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's, it's not the, uh, the answers so much for me. It's, it's the journey. It's the question, Uh, you know, as people say, well, you know, they're not finding anything. Well, you know, what if you were, you know, on, with Christopher Columbus, you just left, uh, you know, Spain, you're two days out. You're thinking, ah, we're not going <laughs> to find anything. Let's yeah. turn back. Ah. Yeah. You never know what you're going to find until you find it. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you lose your keys, you don't stop looking until you find your keys. Right. <laughs> right?
0: right. Good point. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Cause it, I always correct people. I have a stock line. They go, when are they going to find? Something? I go, uh. Uh-uh. you mean treasure? Because yeah. all this team does is find stuff. Oh, yeah. It's all they've done. You yeah. mean specifically a, a chest of gold treasure. No, yeah. they haven't found that. You're right. But don't say they haven't found anything because I can point you the 400 and something items through four a- seasons that they found while I was there.
2: So don't tell oh, me. It's amazing. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Right. I always joke with the producers when I see them walk in with the uh, the Ark of the Covenant <laughs> into the recording booth one day, I'll know. And I, I say, is it like? Is it going to be kind of like the Stanley Cup? Do we each get to keep it for a day. Yes, I think we should, and I think we should drink out of it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That's fantastic. I, I, I hope they, I hope they do. But the thing yeah. is, it's it's the journey. That's that's yeah. the lesson.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, it's it's. Yeah. I, I'm a person that doesn't have expectations. I find that if you have expectations, you're really setting yourself up for disappointment in mm-hmm. life. So I try to avoid that, and I find that when good things do happen, since you're not having those expectations, it's even better. It's nicer, and so whatever they find up there, it's just it's just as one door closes, another door opens up. They get a little bit deeper, and yes. it's like, who built this? Why? You think? I think that's more fascinating than them finding a, a, you know, a, a you know, pirate's chest filled with gold.
0: And hopefully we'll be able to do a season. Hey, we're 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 still waiting, you know, and waiting. And everyone wants it. Canada yeah. wants it. We want it. Um, we just don't know right now yeah, what's going to happen. Yeah, f-
2: fingers crossed. I know that uh, you know the network uh, network network wants it. It's, it's just a matter of when they can go up there. Normally they would be up there. I think middle of this month, right? That would yeah. Be, they were going to go early bad.
0: this year, actually. Yeah, they were, were going to go earlier than ever because yeah. of what they've what they're thinking of doing. Yeah, and, and some of the findings that were still outstanding. So, yeah. and it's just gotten bigger. Like, yeah, it, this is a true story. We, we, last season I was shooting Drilling Down and it was almost like a comedy sketch. It was literally like a comedy yeah. sketch. So I'm, I'm doing a scene and they're like, oh, hold for walking tour. A walking tour comes by. And also we hear this noise like, oh, why is that airplane keep circling? Like, oh, that's an that's a Oak Island tour airplane. Hold for airplane. Okay. Then it was, uh, <laughs> oh, here comes Tony Sampson's boat. Everyone hold for the boat. <laughs> And then finally oh, a kayaking tour comes by after his boat comes by. We couldn't, we couldn't do a take yeah. because of all the tourism. Yeah. And yeah. That was not happening season two and three, you know? So yeah.
2: Yeah. It, well, I tell gone. you, a guy contacted me the other day, who's actually supposed to go on the tour in June. He's hoping yeah. that they don't cancel it, uh, but the guy makes pens. And he sent me, look, look at this pen. He sent to me.
0: Oh my look God. Look at this.
2: Look at this. It's like, this is this is a, a fountain pen. This is amazing, and he's actually going up there with with a, 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 some pens to give to the guys up there. The, I love it. It's 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 amazing. People love the show.
0: Yeah, they really do. It's it's a whole. And they're going to miss
2: it if we're if we're off for too long. Let's let's hope. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe they can just sneak up there or something, you know?
0: Yeah. We got to get you, the you there border. too. And next oh, time yeah. I'm in LA, I want to see you. What do you do Robert when you're, when you're not working? <laughs> what, what does Robert like to do? What's your, what are your hobbies? What are you into?
2: Oh man. You know, it's, I, I'm an actor. So fortunately I get to do that a lot. Uh, you know, I love, I love movies. I love reading. Uh, uh, I love, I love studying psychology. What, what, you know, uh, history. Um, it's 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 not like uh, it's not like the days are dragging for me. Right. You know, it's right. it's 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 different because I don't. I'm not able to get outside and and interact with people like I would normally like to. But it's 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 pretty rich because you know, a I have agents in all different parts of the country, mm. so stuff is coming in generally all day long. Mm. You know, if I'm in the I'll be in the booth and it's not like I'm in here for eight hours, I'll be in here for a couple hours and I can take a break for a half right. hour, then I have to go back and then do some more. Or, yeah. or when, when Oak and, and Aliens is going, that I'm driving into the studio yeah. two, three times a week. And um, you know, that's, 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 what I, that's what I love to do. I'm, I'm fortunate in that I, I, I don't really need to have a hobby to kind of fill in the blank mm-hmm. pieces. Mm-hmm. it's it's like I'm having so much fun doing what I'm doing uh I don't know you know gardening uh, no, no it's... <laughs> yeah well you're kind
0: of almost describing what they say one of the one of the great cliches that is true is you know if you love what you do you're not working and it sounds like you're not working you're it is your hobby your work is your hobby yeah
2: yeah I'm, I'm doing the stuff that people people ask are you ever going to retire why why would people I? people that retire try to do what I'm doing
0: yes yes Yes. You know, it's,
2: I, I'm also, the last few weeks, I decide, You know, since this, this COVID thing hit, I realized that the business was going to change. Yeah. People are going to have to work more inside their homes. How's that going to affect acting? Well, for voiceover, it's really critical to have all the pieces in play. I, I just got a, a, an audition that came in just before I got on the phone with you. It was actually an on camera, if you can believe that. Oh. But they want to know what your internet speed is. Uh, what's your ability to, uh, you know, to transmit information? Oh, it's like, I'm set. Okay, I'm yeah, good. Yeah, I've, I've got the fast internet. I've got great equipment. I've, yeah. I also knew that on camera, casting offices are not going to want actors, sweaty actors to come into their, their offices for a while. That's right. It's going to be while. a long yeah, time. Yeah. That's so right. I got myself uh, a DL, DL, DSLR. I got myself a lighting setup. Uh, I, I said, if I'm going to have to record or film auditions, at my house I want them to be good yeah I'm not going to use just you know here's my phone yeah, okay yeah. Hi, what do you think no no you it's it's like anything you've got to do it the best that you possibly can because if you're going to present yourself present yourself in the in the best possible light um, so that's why I've got a u87 a 416 great great preamps there are actors now that are trying to do it and they're you know they're Doing it in their laundry room. Yes, yes, I get auditions that say, unless you have a U87 microphone, we don't want you to audition. Right. Because we want to We want to, you know, a large condenser mic, or unless you have the ability to do to send us Pro Tools files, we're not interested. Or we want we want to hear a uh, a, a sample of what your booth sounds like, and that's mm-hmm. not not talking. Just shut your mouth. Let, we want to hear what the ambient sound is to see if it's something we can work with. So, fortunately, I was smart enough to kind of anticipate that a little bit. So now I'm totally set. Yeah. So That's for fantastic. whatever whatever happens, I'm I'm ready. Yeah. In fact, I'm I'm working with uh with a a lady now who's, I'm sure you know what ADR is, where they yeah. add voices to different TV shows and movies. Yeah in the past you'd have 10 or 15 actors go into a recording studio and we'd all kind of walk around the microphone and stumble against one another and do our thing. Yeah, do, do that, do that kind of <laughs> yeah. crap, right? Yeah. Well, They can't do that now. Oh, Nobody right. can go into the studio, but right. you need, they're now trying to figure out a way to do it remotely and they can, but it just takes a little bit of a, of a learning curve. The biggest problem is a lot of the actors that do that or did that don't have the ability to record it at their home. They haven't invested the money, and some of these people made hundreds yeah. and hundreds of thousands of dollars. but They, they haven't invested have the money in a booth. Right. Also, what a a ADR
0: is like time to the actual word the actor's saying on screen. So that I would imagine that could be a little challenge. Yeah, yeah that will
2: that'll, that'll be the next challenge. Is yeah, actually yeah. you know with you, you know you need to match this guy's lips. Yeah. Okay. Right. But if you, if you send me the, the video sure. and, and we're online on Zoom or something, I can see it and I can match it in here, yeah. we'll get close. So it's not going to be like it was in the old days. Right. But, you know, the good thing is, you know, we, we, we're now using a thing called Source Connect, yeah. which allows you to have a lot of different uh, people sending in their stuff at the same time. What's nice about it is everybody's on a different track. Yeah. So even if somebody totally screws up, it doesn't mean that everybody else's take is bad. So, but, it, but there is a learning curve. It's it's gonna take a while to get it to where it's efficient where people can knock out hundred plus cues in a in a day, mm. like like they used to. But everything's changed. I know Hollywood will probably be the, the last to change because everybody's so so nervous <laughs> yeah. and freaked out yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. economics are gonna dictate that you know I, I I I I I I wonder about this. It's like if you're gonna be on a film, uh, let's say the scene is you know a crowded discotheque what A-list actor is going to want to go and hang out with a couple of hundred extras in a, in a tight space. He's going to say, you know what, let's rewrite this scene. It's not going to yep. be me and the other actor in a, in a bar where a, an empty bar late at night,
0: yep.
2: <laughs> right? And yep. yep. so they're already talking about doing that, getting rid of date players because, yep. you know, or, and if you're a guest star, if you're on the show, they're going to put you in a hotel for a couple of weeks to make sure see if you're, You know, kind of in quarantine. Don't have a temperature or something. Yeah. 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 So it's, 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 the the business will continue because, you know, it it has to, how it's going to happen, uh, will be determined, but you just want to make sure that you're set to do it. I'm sure with ancient aliens, we we do what we're doing today instead of having a a film crew film, Giorgio at home or on a set, it's going to be on, on Skype or it's going to be on Zoom. You know, yeah, well.
0: we had to do it with the finale with, with the, fi- the finale this year. The, yeah. whole, the whole last uh, three acts of the finale this year were supposed to be me and Michigan get the results. And we all yeah. did it like this. It was, we're all yeah. from our homes. Marty was at his house. Rick was at his house. I was at my house. And first time the show had ever done that. And it was fine. You know, it doesn't look as beautiful as the show usually looks, yeah. but we got it done.
2: Yeah, I was really upset that we, History Con was canceled because I was I actually going to meet them. They were coming <sighs> to Los Angeles. It was going to be great. But it'll happen. It, it will. It will. It will. What do you think of the guys? I mean, I, I didn't ask you any questions. You're asking me, but I mean, tell, tell me what it's like on, on your end.
0: You know, I, I, I it, use the term life changer. It's, it's yeah. been a life changer in every yeah. single measurable way. And yeah. I just think of them as family now. They've been Rick and Marty have been so singularly supportive and kind to yeah. me. And early on, you know, my, my first interview I ever did with them was in the war room, just the three of us. It was the first time they ever got interviewed uh, with yeah. a host on camera, like yeah. on the show. Cause yeah. everything was just, you know, uh, producers getting their, you know, on camera right. comments. So they were a little, I remember, they were kind of like joking. Like, well, what do you got there in your cards? Who are?" And I was coming in for, like from the network, it seemed like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. even though it was a Prometheus show. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, When I think about those days to now, five years later, it's like all the barriers have come down. The trust is there. These guys are, I'll tell you a quick story about them. Mm -hmm. I've seen both of them multiple times doing things for either sick people or dying people or charitable works during, Mm -hmm. like while we're filming, like I've seen Marty run over and there's a guy in hospice dying. And he goes, I got to take this call. Hey, how are you? Yeah, we're going to find something. You hang in there, my friend. You're, yeah, and none of this yeah. is, they don't want that publicized. It'd probably matter if yeah, you yeah. for telling the story, but yeah, that's yeah. who they are. And, and I love them. I love them like family.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So. Yeah,
2: it's, it's I think that when Kevin puts together a, a group of people, there's something magical about it. Yes. And uh, I know with Ancient Aliens, it's, I mean, first of all, every one of those theorists is an ape personality. there's not anybody that's lacking of charisma and is not articulate linda moulton Howe can talk for an hour and never stumble over a word i mean it's it's amazing and yet everybody gets along honestly gets along and honestly likes one another and looks forward to seeing each other and uh you know i give credit to kevin because he's the guy that put it all together he casts it well and he saw something, I guess, in, in Marty and Rick that just resonated. And now he's put the people I'm sure you know, you know, Clinton and, and Joe mm-hmm. and I do the session Clint, with Clint, Joe right
0: up to this. As a matter of oh, fact. Yeah, yeah. Clinton
2: yeah. actually hasn't been up there, but I know Joe spent right. a lot of time up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're wonderful. I, I mean, do you know Clinton as well? I, I, do I don't. Clinton? Oh, he's Joe he's and, it.
0: and Derek and, and shook. Yeah. And you know, yeah. those are the guys who do yeah. my show. So we've, yeah. we've I mean, it's a brotherhood. It's I, every time it I do one of my little Oak Island speeches, I, I end it. There's three pictures. I end it with, and one of them is us crew. None of the none of the stars of the show, and just our arms around each other, and that we truly are like a family. You know, it's like it's almost like a little version of a military operation. You know, you've got a goal. There's yeah. obstacles in the way. And you bond together long yeah. hours. And you get it done. It's you become you become like that.
2: I got to show you something else that was sent to me. It's amazing yeah. what 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 the fans do. And it's, this is, you know, the guy that wrote the, uh, that made the pennies also made a penny for me uh, out of Oak. It has the fellowship of the dig on it. Right. Oh, but this is what some people, Oh, this is not, this is not, I want to show you the one that's got my name on it. These people put together a, Oh, here it is. A playing cards, Oak Island playing cards. Yeah. It's, 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 it's What's wonderful. your wonderful. The teller of tales, teller of tell, tales. So here's, uh, here's Here's Craig Tester, the uh, commander of the order. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yes, I have seen those. Those are phenomenal.
2: It's, but it's it's it, it's people are having having fun with Beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, when you when you talk to Joe, say hey for me. I'm sure that uh, hopefully, well, actually, I won't be speaking to him until there's another, <laughs> another Oak Island. But yeah. I'll be talking to the producers of, of Alien's I know we got a few more episodes to finish up for for this season.
0: Right. And uh, man, I'll tell you, I'm, this has been a thrill. I am so honored to speak with you. I'm, you know what I want to do? I just, this came to me. I've never done this before. And I don't know if you've ever been asked this, but you're an actor. Yeah. And I think this would be the, because per- we got a little actory today. So I uh-huh. think this would be a perfect way to end <laughs> it. Um, you mentioned the actor's studio and I've always wanted yeah. to do this to someone. Yeah. Have you ever been asked uh, James Lipton's like nine questions?
2: Uh, <laughs> I've never been asked, but yeah. All right,
0: uh, Let's do it. Um, okay. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. All right.
0: Robert Clotworthy. What is your, what is your favorite word?
2: <laughs> um, yes.
0: <laughs> what is your least favorite word?
2: Obviously no, or no can <laughs> do.
0: <laughs> what turned you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally
2: Curiosity. The hunt. I, I look forward to waking up each and every day. My favorite day of the week is Monday because it's a day. It's beginning of the week. It's all the possibilities are just out there. Just waiting you waiting that for makes you.
0: you. I would think 0.5% of the population. That your yeah, favorite day is most Monday. people hate Monday.
2: I love Monday.
0: That is phenomenal. God, yeah. I want to hang out with you more. Yeah. Um, what turns you off?
1: Hmm.
2: Anger, you know, I, I, and, and being misunderstood, I think is, is probably the biggest. Be misunderstood. That's always driven me crazy as a kid.
0: What sound or noise do you love?
2: Music. I love music. I, I, I download music all the time. I'm constantly looking for, for new music. So music, because it makes no sense. There's no, uh, um, there's no reason for music. If, if you look at, at evolution, uh, what is the purpose of that? I mean, I can understand why people you know, run faster, be stronger. But for music, it's just comes from the soul it's it's something that's incredibly that's uniquely human
0: give me something you're into now that you've uh, music wise that you like a recent thing that you've been listening to
2: okay uh I, I i you may not believe this but i'm i'm really kind of like electronic music so i've been listening wow. to to uh jan bloomquist
0: Oh. what does that kind of synthesize like uh techno, yeah it's, it's just it just it's
2: just got a really kind of a, a nice beat to it and, and awesome. it, it gets you to move and dance so yeah i like i like to move and 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 just get lost in it
0: that wasn't one of the questions by the way that was just okay. my little okay okay, okay. um <laughs> uh what sound or noise do you hate
2: oh god it's it's you know those those leaf blowers uh, the guard, the guard, the gardener stuff. It's just absolutely irritating.
0: In LA, it's ubiquitous, right? Oh I mean, my listen. god!
2: Oh, it's horrible. it's horrible. It
0: is around here too, because there's so many leaves. That, that's the next great invention.
2: Can we not invent a silent or at least quieter <laughs> leaf blower? I I I don't know how they aren't all deaf because it's it's on your back too. It's just really
0: loud. Um and I understand with your contract the history you might have to uh, just give give us uh, spell it or something but he does ask the question your favorite curse word even though I think we've already cursed tonight. Well,
2: my it's 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 not nasty. It would be uh, asswipe. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> so one. I would just describe he's an asswipe. So I don't know why <laughs> I don't know what that is where I got it but that's my go to. That's a
0: great one. That's for angry people. Yes. People that misunderstand you, you call them answers. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, ooh, this is gonna be a tough one. Uh huh. He would ask, "What profession other than your own would you like to attempt?"
2: Hmm. I know that uh, singer. Uh, I'm, cause I because I because I can't sing. So if I had the gift of being able to sing, that would be wonderful. Yeah, that was. If I could take the voiceover world and that talent just translate it into bit, the ability to sing on key, then yeah. Robert, there's, there's nothing like that.
0: We are kindred spirits, man. We should have done this a long time ago. As you can see, I have a piano right here. I have a set oh behind God. there. I'm a frustrated oh, musician. Go. I would give um, it all up tomorrow to be able to do what my musician friends can do.
2: Oh, I, I, was, I, in, I was in a, a group in high school, just out of high school, we did it with a nineteen fifties revival band when awesome. it was very popular. And I got a taste of what it was like to be really popular with music. Where oh. we would we had literally thousands of people that would show up to watch us yeah. and we're going nuts. Yeah. And I've been on stage, I've been in front of audience, all kinds of stuff, but there's nothing like that feeling of having your music coming out and getting that, uh, you know, that powerful, positive feedback from people that, that adoration.
0: So they us say you have the, uh, musician's soul, but not the instrument. I heard, I've heard you that go. before. That's me too. And I, I'll go. tell you that. And one of the truest cliches is we all actors, comedians all want to be singers and all the musicians want to be actors. That is <laughs> true. That is absolutely true. Um, uh, what profession would you not like to do?
2: Oh, Dang. Um, I, I would not want to be in a in a cubicle, uh, not, you know, something something that's that's uh, that's nine to five uh, is is really, really challenging. Having having somebody over your shoulder all the time. When I was a kid, uh, I was not good at math. And the reason I wasn't good in math was because for me, it wasn't creative. Two plus two is four. I, I, I want I wanted it sometimes to be five. Yes. Two plus two be five. Yes. Or three every once in a while. Can't we figure out a way to get there? And that's kind of that's the whole message in a way of, of, of
0: ancient aliens, too, in a way, of, of those type of things. Like there's things we don't understand, not everything is so concrete. All I love the time. I love
2: not understanding stuff. Yeah. I love it. I love looking up at the moon and and thinking, how, why is it, where it's at? How is it so? if it was closer, it would be different for everything. The earth, everything. It's, it's amazing. I find the moon to be fascinating. And finally, Robert, uh,
0: if heaven does exist, what would you like Mm -hmm. to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates?
2: (laughs) Ancient astronaut theorists say Yes.
0: (laughs) Robert Clotworthy, this was an absolute joy. You are phenomenal. I can't thank you enough for doing this.
2: Oh. Uh, all right, uh, Maddie, This was this was a blast. Uh, when you when you listen, if I'm up there, let's get together. If you come to LA, let's get together. My brother was on a plane the other day. He said there were 14 people on the entire flight. I don't know how airlines are going to stay in business, but let's let's hope that uh, we get through this fairly soon, where we're not all driving each other crazy and. It's riots in the streets.
0: I don't make many demands with Prometheus, but I'm going to demand when I do go to L.A., I want Clotworthy here. We're going to have lunch.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love right.
0: it. Thank you, my
2: friend. All right, brother. You take care.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport@gmail.com. At Find us on social media at monsterlandpod.com until we meet again in Monsterland.